Welcome to another inspirational message by Pastor David Hall. If you'd like to find out more about David or to keep up to date with his ministry, you can visit davidhall.com.au. We hope that you enjoy the message. The book of Matthew chapter 3. And you don't need to turn to these passages, but Mark 1 and 8 and Luke 3.16 are the same account exactly really of this passage. But these are the words of, of John the Baptist. And he says this, he says, I indeed baptized you with water under repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Somebody say the Holy Spirit. Somebody say the Holy Spirit and fire. Has anyone in this house ever experienced the baptism in the Holy Spirit and fire? Are, 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 you glad, are you glad you did? It changed, I don't know about you, but it changed my heart and it changed my life. One of the great preachers of all time is long been with the Lord. His name's Charles Haddon Spurgeon. He says this, he says, All the learning in the world is not worth a penny to a man unless he is filled with the Holy Ghost. But where the Spirit of God rests upon any man, he enables the preacher to speak with a power that reaches the heart and the conscience. Without that power, nothing can be done. He says, therefore, seek it, my brother. When you try to labor for God, do it in the power of the Holy Ghost. And I want to I talk about this for a minute. You don't need to turn to every passage. There's going to be quite a lot of scripture this morning. So I'm just going to plow through this message because I want to, at the end of this message, pray for people who have never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, who have never had that second blessing from heaven come upon their heart and come upon their life. At the end of this message, we're going to pray for believers to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit and be touched by the fire of God. And, and so I want to encourage you, if you're spirit-filled and you believe in the power of God, I want you to be praying and believing. We're going to create an atmosphere of faith and God is going to fill people with His Spirit this morning. If you believe it, say amen. Before I start the, uh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I want to talk about that and build a foundation a little bit. But the baptism in the Holy Spirit is not a, uh, it is not a saving uh, moment. It, it happens after salvation. It can happen at the same time. But when you get saved, the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit indwells you. And so it's the Holy Spirit that regenerates you. So the born again experience happens because the Holy Spirit does a work of transformation on behalf of Jesus. Uh, and and uh, because you have surrendered and bowed your knee to Jesus Christ and accepted Christ's work for you on Calvary, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit and baptized in the Holy Spirit, that's a separate thing. And I want to have a look because Jesus, he prays for his disciples. And the Bible says in John 20, 22, you don't need to turn there. He says, it tells us that Jesus breathed on his disciples and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. How many know that the disciples were followers of Jesus? And so some people say, well, the baptism in the Spirit is for people that, that, are, that, that, that are saved. It happens when you get saved. You get it all in one hit. Well, the truth is that that's not actually the case because when Jesus breathed on his disciples and said, receive the Holy Spirit, moments later, or, or I don't know exactly the number of days, but it was during the time that he had been on planet Earth. After his resurrection, he was uh, spending time with his disciples. He was having a chat with a few people, I guess preparing the body of Christ preparing his people for what was to come. And if we jump over to the book of Acts, let's have a look at the book of Acts chapter 1. 
And I know you've, you, you've heard this before many times, but it's foundational scripture for us as people who really do believe in the Holy Spirit. In verse number four, this is Jesus speaking. So he's already breathed on these disciples. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He's already, he's, he said, receive the Holy Spirit. And he was saying, receive the Holy Spirit unto salvation. Somebody say salvation. So that was the regenerating work of the Holy Spirit. So that had been done. So to the same people and some, he says to his people, he says, verse 4 of Acts 1, and being assembled together with them, he commanded them, don't depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. What's the promise of the Father? That's the Holy Spirit. He said, which he said, you've heard from me, for John truly baptized in water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And then the disciples start worrying about, well, when are you coming back? What's going to happen? What's the end times going to look like? They're all freaking out. And he says, don't worry about that stuff. He said, that's us in the Father's authority. It's up to him. He says, but, verse 8, but you shall receive what? You shall receive? Now, some of you are just saying it because you heard what they said a minute ago. You're like, oh, I'm going to pretend. No, no he, said, he says, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you to be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. Or in other words, in, in Adelaide, in South Australia, in Australia, to the ends of the earth. This power is to, is to enable you to do what God's called you to do in Jesus' name. But the Bible doesn't say that, that, that uh, when you get saved, you automatically receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. When you get saved, you receive a, a, an assurance that you're going to heaven, that you're saved by the grace of God. And Jesus is saying to believers, he said it in, in uh, Paul said it rather in Acts 19, he came to believers and he said, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? In other words, we know that you believe, but have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit's power? Have you been filled with a second blessing, a second experience called the baptism in the Holy Spirit. So today, I'm talking to Christians. I'm talking to those that are going to heaven. I'm talking to those that believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. When you die, you know you're going to heaven. I'm not asking you if you're saved today. I guess the title of my message is, Are You Baptized in the Holy Spirit? I'll tell you why I'm asking that question. I'm not asking you, have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit? I'm asking you right now, today, at this moment, are you Spirit-filled? Are you filled with power? from heaven? Are you, are you alive with the supernatural power of Jesus Christ by the Holy Ghost on the inside of you? I don't know about you, but I want all that heaven has. And, and you know, as a church, I'm not ashamed of anything that's in the Bible. There is nothing that's in the Bible that I'm embarrassed about or, or ashamed of. There's certainly things in the Bible that I think, man, I don't know how we would tackle that on a Sunday, but let's give it a go. Let's pre- preach on the beasts and the elders and the wonderful four-faced man and, and all kinds of other things. But today, this is not even something that I'm ashamed of. I'm so proud to tell you that when the Spirit of God comes on you, you will change. You will be different. You'll be empowered. Come on, somebody, if you believe it, give God a praise in the house this morning. And so you might be here and you've been coming week after week and, and you, you might hear people when they, they start praying in the Spirit and you go, mm, I'm a bit nervous about that. So would pretty much everyone else. But the minute they were touched with the power of God, they weren't shy. It's like the first time you worshipped, you know. You came to church and your arms stayed by your side and then you thought, you know what, I might, I might just lift my hands a little bit and you sort of do the... You know, just, you're just sort of filling out the situation. So you do half mast, you know, and, and, uh, and test that out. And you're like, oh, this feels pretty good. So you sort of get the other one up as well. And then, you know, you sort of just get a bit more, you know. I might even go up here a 
little bit. And then you're up there and suddenly you sort of think, man, this just becomes normal to praise God with everything. And you sort of think those little, those little barriers that make you feel a bit uncomfortable to go to a whole another level of your expression of worship. Once you've overcome that space, you think, man, how did I ever worship God without being that way? And you know, when, when, you, when you get baptized in the Spirit, your whole spiritual life will change. I promise you, I, the greatest gift that God ever gave the world was the blood of His Son, Jesus. Was, was Jesus coming to die on Calvary's cross that you and I might be saved, but the greatest gift that Jesus gave the church is the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And I want to talk a little bit more about this, and I guess... I just want to give you six thoughts this morning, and I'm going to go through them as quick as I can. But the first thing, and so this is what you need to know about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Six things. And number one, number one, the baptizer in the Holy Ghost is Jesus Christ. Let me say that again. The baptizer in the Holy Ghost is Jesus Christ. It's not a person on earth. It's not a church. It's not a denomination. It's not a doctrine. It's not an ideology. It's not a dogma. The baptism in the Holy Ghost is a, is a baptism that is executed by Jesus Christ in your life. He is the one who baptized with the Holy Spirit. Baptism in water and baptism in the Spirit are very much similar, with just different elements. When you get baptized in water, there's a candidate, the person getting baptized. There, there, is, there is what you're baptized in, it's water. And the baptizer is either a pastor or a leader or a friend or however you got baptized, whoever, you know, put you under and brought you back up. That's really not that important as long as you get baptized according to the Word of God. And so baptism in the Spirit really is the same with just a few different elements. You're baptized by full immersion, but instead of being baptized in water, you're baptized into the Holy Spirit. And you're not baptized by a pastor or a person, you're baptized by Jesus. Wow, what a privilege. You know, Jesus' job description, he saves, he heals, he baptizes in the Holy Spirit and is coming again. Jesus, the Bible says, I read it just before, John the Baptist. And it's no coincidence that John the Baptist's first announcement of Jesus, when Jesus came, he didn't say Jesus is going to heal. He didn't even say that he's going to return. He didn't say he's going to rapture the church. He didn't, he didn't say any of that at all. He, he went on to say, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the earth when Jesus appeared on the scene. But when Jesus came to be, be when, when he announced that Jesus was coming to be baptized, baptized, he, he said, I'm not worthy to even tie up your sandals. He said, I'll baptize you in water. He said, oh, I can do that. He said, but there is one coming and he'll baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And I want to tell you today, the Jesus of the Bible is the same as he's always been. He's the same yesterday, today and forever. And so a Jesus that doesn't baptize in the Holy Spirit is not the Bible Jesus. The Bible, Jesus, fills his people with the power of the Holy Ghost. And sometimes we've limited Jesus to just Savior. I want every facet of who Jesus is. I want, I want his healing. I want his grace. I want his correction. I want, I want his kindness. I want his, his, his authority in my life. But I want his power that comes by the Spirit of God in the name of Jesus. He's the baptizer in the Holy Ghost. And, and you know, the, the thing that's amazing, the first announcement of Jesus was he'll baptize in the Spirit. The last thing Jesus ever preached before he went to heaven is you shall receive power. Go and wait in Jerusalem till you be filled with power. Why? Because this was a big deal. He didn't want people to get into ministry without the power of the Holy Spirit. Because if there's no power, there's no result. And he said, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You know, I was just studying this. 1 John 5 and 6, you don't need to turn there, but it says the Holy Ghost bears witness to the fact that we are born again. Do you realize that being baptized in the Holy Spirit, in my opinion, and theologians might disagree, but I do believe the highest form of assurance of salvation 
It's when you are filled with the Spirit. Let me tell you, when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, you know that you know. Now, it doesn't save you. Let me say that again. If you've ever been in a church and they've said speaking in tongues is a requirement for salvation, that's, a, that, 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 that's actually a false teaching. Because uh, the only thing that can save you is, is Calvary's cross. And what Jesus did, the minute we add anything to that, whether it be something holy like speaking in tongues or whether it be communion or baptism in water, the, we, we start to add to things that become religious. And I don't want to ever add the baptism in the Holy Spirit of salvation, firstly, because that would be wrong. But secondly, I don't want to make it a religious requirement. I, wanna, I don't want it to be a have to. I want it to be a get to. and Because uh, and, you don't have to be filled with the Spirit. You get to be filled with the Spirit. And I don't know about you, but I, I want to... I want to see you filled with the Spirit today and changed by the grace of God. Now, I want to move through this. And, and, but the second thing that I want, to, I want to share with you today, number two, man, I'm preaching myself happy today. I was happy before, Pastor Wendy. Now my right leg's going to go. It's number two, the baptism in the Holy Ghost unlocks God's power. If you want God's power in your life, it says, you shall, we, we read this, you shall receive what? You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And that is in the context of being baptized in the Spirit. And that power, the Bible says, the word power comes from a Greek word. And anyone that's been in this church a long time, you know this anyway. But for, for those, when I'm not preaching really to you. I am to reaffirm it, but I'm preaching to those that, 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 that might be candidates today for this experience. And uh, that word dunamis means divine supernatural enabling or supernatural miraculous power. In other words, God's power comes on you to anoint you to do the things you never would have been able to do had He not anointed you. You say, well, will I be able to fulfill the call of God without the baptism of the Holy Spirit? I would almost venture to say, if you do, if you fulfill the call of God on your life without the baptism of the Holy Spirit, think of climbing to the top of a skyscraper. Without the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you can get to the top, but you're taking the stairs. With a baptism in the Holy Spirit, you're jumping in a lift, and so when you get to do what God's called you to do, you're not tired because you're not doing it yourself. You're doing it empowered by the Spirit of God. And you know, today, the power of the Holy Spirit allows us to see things happen in our life that bring power into our life that may never, you may never have seen that power work in your life. We have everyday people in this church who in their homes, in their world, in their families have seen the power of God work and seen supernatural things happen purely because the Holy Spirit has come upon them and God's been able to do something in their heart and in their life. Give the Lord a shout of praise. Come on, give God a praise in here today. See, this is not just a Sunday thing. This is a Monday thing. This is, this is power. It's not just so a preacher can preach. It's so a husband can be a husband. A mum can be a mum. A dad can be a dad. And, a, and a, a person can succeed in every area of their life because they're empowered by God. The baptism in the Spirit releases power. I want to see miracles happen because why? The world is not going to believe that the church is who it says it is just because we do nice things and we're, we're humanitarianly, if that's a word, conscious. And, and, and you know, that's stuff is definitely important, but the truth is if they don't see something different, if they don't see something supernatural, if the world doesn't see transformation, how are we going to get the world to believe that what we preach and teach is a reality for today? Number number three, and this is where we're going to get the rubber hitting the road just a little bit this morning, and we'll be done, and we're going to pray in just a, in just a couple of minutes. So we're going to go through a bunch of scripture and just open your heart. Number three, the baptism in the Holy Ghost releases the gifts of the Spirit in your life. But I want to talk about one specific gift, and I was going to try and save it for now, but it sort of snuck in early. It's trying to hide this and trying to hide what the Holy Spirit does 
is like trying to hide an elephant. It's quite difficult. But the Bible says about the baptism in the Spirit that, that, that often, oftentimes you see people baptized in the Spirit. And definitely the first time we see people baptized in the Spirit, all through the book of Acts and all through the Bible, we saw people being baptized in the Spirit and they spoke with tongues. They spoke in tongues. And uh, some people say, oh, yes, but those tongues were other languages. I believe they can be, and they are. I can tell you stories of, of uh, one guy in our church used to run a home group, and the home group that he ran, uh, one lady began to speak in tongues, and the tongues were a little bit unusual, and there was a, a Chinese exchange student from a very remote part of China and said, uh, to, to, it was Bill George, they said to Bill George, they said, does this person that just prayed know where I, I'm from? To, have they, have they learned the language? And, and it turns out they hadn't. He just prayed in tongues and presented a gospel message. Isn't that powerful? So I believe that speaking in tongues is absolutely as a sign of the unbeliever. It's a supernatural gift where God gives you the ability to speak in a situation. And the Bible talks about speaking the wondrous works of God. And then, but the Bible also said, before I even get into that, before we even open this up just a little deeper. Jesus advocated speaking in tongues. People say, did Jesus speak in tongues? I don't know. He probably did. He could have. He's allowed to. He invented it. He's the baptizer, so he believes in it. But I don't know. There's no scripture that says he did. I know that God in the Old Testament didn't just speak to his people. He spoke in fly and brought a bunch of flies to come and plague the situation. He spoke in locust, fluent locust. I mean, some of you, I mean, I want you buzzing today. But anyway, I'm going to get out of that bush alley because that will get weird and we don't want to do that. Jesus advocated in Mark 16. What does he say? Verse 17, these signs will follow those who believe. He says, in my name, they'll cast out demons. He says, they'll speak in new tongues. That word new, or, or some translations say different, that word new is, is new and unusual. Speaking in tongues. Let's just call a spade a spade. Speaking in tongues is unusual. There is nothing normal about somebody getting up and repeating rubber gumboot over and over and over. It's definitely odd. I'm not here to tell you speaking in tongues is normal, but I am here to tell you that the Bible says his ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. So sometimes what might be a bit unusual to our natural senses is a very supernatural, because I find the real deep things of God are always on the other side of what's uncomfortable. If you want a comfortable Christianity, that's fine. And, and, and we you know, won't rock the boat, but there's not a lot of power in that environment. When Naaman dipped in the river seven times, he didn't get to dip in the river of his choice. He had to go to the dirtiest river in the whole region and dip in that one. And I'm not saying the river of God is dirty, but I'm saying the river of God is definitely not comfortable sometimes. But once you touch that river, man, once you touch that river, the whole thing begins to change. And so, but, it, but he says, you're speaking your tongue. Paul advocated it while giving the church advice on how to do it. See, in, in the Corinthian church, people were going crazy. They, he had crazy people. And so he'd be in the middle of his message and some bloke would yell out in tongues over there and some woman over there would answer it and some guy in the middle would pray in tongues. So it was getting crazy. And so he's like, okay, we need to pull this into line. He didn't want to lose the anointing, but he wanted to pull it into line. But when, when he was talking about it, he said, look, I actually thank God I speak in tongues. He says, more than all of you. In 1 Corinthians 14, 18, he says that. I thank my God I speak in tongues more than all of you. He said, but let's just look at it this way. So when you pray in tongues, sometimes I've been in a meeting where, where, where people prophesy in tongues. The meeting might go quiet and someone gives a message. Because if it wasn't interpreted, it would be of no benefit to the atmosphere of the meeting. It would actually be unfruitful. But at the same time, then there is praying in tongues and building yourself up. 
in the spirit, that's a different thing again. And that's really the prayer language that we all receive when we're filled with power. And so some people want to lump one kind of tongues. When they talk about the gifts of the spirit, one of nine gifts of the spirit, one of the gifts is different kinds of tongues. Now, it's not, it's not other tongues. Literally, if you want to look at the, the meaning of that, different kinds of other tongues. In other words, tongues for prophecy, tongues as a sign to be able to speak in a tongue that, that may be an actual another other language known to somebody in another part of the world. But then there is praying in the Holy Spirit. Jude 20, he says, build yourself up in your holy faith by praying in the Holy Ghost. And so that's a gift that we all receive. We receive our prayer language and the ability to pray and sing and speak in the language of the Holy Ghost. And I want to go a bit further because the first time we see the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts chapter 2, it says, it tells us that they were there in the upper room and it says, verse 4, everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. So if you believe the Bible, the law of first mention, that when Jesus does something or God does something for the first time, he establishes the pattern and the reference point for how he wants to operate in times to come, we see that when the Holy Spirit moved, they were all filled and began to speak in tongues. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So they're all filled. Somebody say all filled. And he says they're all filled, and consequently, they began to speak in tongues of the Spirit, gave them utterance. The Bible tells us at Cornelius' house in Acts chapter 10 that the Holy Spirit fell. And it says in verse 46 of Acts chapter 10 how they knew that they had been baptized in the Spirit. It says, and there could be no doubt about it, for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. So they said, there's no doubt the Holy Spirit fell because we saw him speaking in tongues. It was as though speaking in tongues was the sign that people had been filled with the Holy Spirit. And I believe that speaking in tongues is not the end in itself. I believe speaking in tongues is the, the mechanism that we've been given by God to create a supernatural atmosphere in our heart and in our life. If you believe that, say amen. The Bible says in Acts 19 verse 6 that when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke in other tongues and prophesied. So when you speak in tongues, I know some of you are sitting here going, you know, I like this church. I like everything about the church. I like the music. I like the pastor. I like the, I like the team. The ushers are friendly. I mean, I like what I feel. But when you start speaking in tongues and talking about speaking in tongues, I get a bit nervous. Can I say the reason you feel what you feel when you come here? The reason you feel what you feel when you walk through these doors is not because we're creating you know, a, a mood or, or whatever, the reason you feel what you feel is because the people that are, that, that, that are serving God in this place passionately believe that it's not us, it's Him, and it's the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And, you know, our worship leaders in this church, they passionately believe what I'm saying here today. They pray in tongues. Most of the worship that the world is listening to being sung in the body of Christ, it's not written by people who don't believe this. All the songs that have been sung in, in every denomination are written by people baptized in the Spirit. Why? Why? Why are people gravitating to that? Because that's where the power is. First Corinthians 14, 4 says, He who speaks in an unknown tongue edifies himself. Somebody say edifies. That word edify comes from a Greek word oikodomio. Somebody say oikodomio. Oh, fluent Greek. It's fantastic. Somebody say euros kebab savlaki. When you edify yourself, it means to build your spiritual house. Jesus said in Matthew 16, he said, Upon this rock, he says, I will build my church. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. That word build, oikodomio, build the spiritual house. How is Jesus building his church? 
One of those ways is when we get in sync with the purpose of God and we build ourselves up in our most holy faith, as Jude says, by praying in the Holy Spirit. We edify, you build yourself up by praying in the Spirit. How many people have ever felt flat and you just spent half an hour or 20 minutes or five minutes praying in the Spirit? It's almost like your mourning turns to joy, your, your defeat turns into victory, your pain turns into healing. I'm telling you, it's something about praying in the Spirit that will change the whole atmosphere of your life especially your spiritual life. Let me, let me go on. It's, it, if, when, we, when we pray in tongues, it, it, brings a, it brings an edge to our praise and worship because the Bible says, 1 Corinthians 4.2, it tells us that he who speaks in an unknown tongue doesn't speak to man but to God for no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. That word mysteries means secrets and it also means to gaze into the face of God. When I pray in the spirit, I know it's unusual, and I don't want to make anyone nervous here today, but when I when I you say, where'd you learn that? I learned it sitting in the, on the front row of a service, the fire of God hit me the same week your son got filled with the Spirit, the same night, that Thursday night was the last night, it was the same night I got filled with the Spirit. I got up, I turned to the person sitting next to me, I couldn't speak in English anymore. English just wasn't happening. I'm just like, I felt like a crazy person, but I got changed by the grace of God. Come on, somebody, I want you to get this in your spirit today. Hallelujah. Filled with the Holy Ghost. And, and you know, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Your worship goes to a whole new level. When I said you sort of lift your hands and it opens up, when you, when you speak in tongues, baptism is the gateway to the supernatural. Absolutely the gateway to the supernatural. The Bible tells us that when, when, when we pray in tongues, our spirit prays, literally meaning. Spirit prays through us the perfect will of God. When you, sometimes in English, I pray for Donna, I pray for the church, I pray for James, I pray for the cat. Now I run out Donna again. Pray that Pastor Wendy would finally give her heart to Jesus. And she's this, she's this close, I'm telling you right now. Well, today's her day. And you know, so I, I find myself praying for all these things. And, but can I tell you, when I run out of ideas, suddenly I can just start to begin to pray in the Spirit of God. Now I know that I'm touching heaven. I don't always know what I'm praying about, but somehow God begins to give you an idea anyway. Hey, I feel like you're going to lift a little rock and move it, lift a rock praying in English, but there's sometimes when you start praying the Holy Ghost, you get a bobcat and you can move things you could never move and shift things you could never shift. You know, I've always been quite passionate about this and I've always been a little bit uncomfortable when charismatic or Pentecostal churches want to get people, you know, you don't want to pray in tongues on Sunday. I'm like, why not? Paul says, 1 Corinthians 14, he said, forbid not speaking in tongues. None of our worship team will ever tell you that I've told them they can't speak in tongues on a platform. None of them will. Why? Because if that river's flowing out of you, let that river flow. Because God's all over that thing. Praying in the Spirit. Being, here's the thing. I just figure if we're going to be a Pentecostal church, why don't we just be one? You know, like, if we don't want to be one, we don't have to be one. But we are one. We're, we're Pentecostal. I really want to get through all this because I feel like God confirms that preaching the, when you preach the word, he'll confirm it. And I want to get this into your spirit today. Number four, fourth thought. Baptism in the Holy, Holy Ghost is for every believer. It says everyone present was filled. Can you quickly grab your Bibles and, and turn to the first book of the Bible for one minute, the book of contents. I want to show you something. Book of contents. Just before the page, it says Old Testament. So we want to talk about everyone being filled. 
Some people say, well, I'm more of a word person. I'm not a spirit person. I don't believe you can be either. You got to be word and spirit. Too much of the spirit, you get crazy. Too much of the word, you get boring. Both of it, you take the world for Jesus. But you look at the book of Matthew, written by Matthew. Matthew, he was in the upper room on the day of Pentecost, a disciple of Jesus. He was baptized in the Holy Spirit. Mark, he was saved through Peter, journeyed with Paul and Barnabas. He was in the upper room because the upper room was in his mother's house. Got filled with the Holy Spirit, spoke in tongues. Luke, close associate, travel companion of Paul. He got saved somewhere between the resurrection. And uh, some people think Luke was a disciple. He actually wasn't. And, and uh, he, he, became, he, he became part of the, the church. He, he really was filled with the Spirit even after the resurrection of Christ, saved after the resurrection of Christ. He was in the upper room on the day of Pentecost. He wrote the book of Acts. He wrote the book of Luke. And, uh, and, and it goes on, on here. You've you got John, John the Beloved. He was in the upper room. And then uh, Luke wrote the book of Acts. We've talked about that. And then Romans all the way through Hebrews was written by Paul. And uh, Paul was not in the upper room, but the Bible says in Acts 9, he, he was touched by the power of God, a light shone from heaven. And uh, he was knocked to the ground. He gets up. And the Bible says he went and saw his mate Ananias. Well, I don't know if he didn't actually know Ananias, but Ananias laid hands on him. His eyesight came back and he was baptized in the Holy Spirit. And Paul says, I thank God I speak in tongues more than all of you. And then you read the book of James, written by James. He was in the upper room, filled with the Spirit. 1 Peter, 2 Peter, he was in the book of Acts. He said, this is that spoken by the prophet Joel. So he was there. He preached the baptism of the Spirit. Jude, the half-brother of Jesus, wrote the book of Jude, verse 20. He says, build yourself up in your most holy faith by praying in the Holy Ghost. He was in the upper room on the day of Pentecost. John uh, wrote the book of Revelation. And the Bible says, he says, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. And he says, I hit the ground like a dead man and had a revelation. Every now and then you need to hit the floor. If you've never done carpet time, just lie down. It's biblical. <laughs> David says he makes me lie down. So you have to lie down every now and then. Some Christians, they'll stand like this. They'll do everything so they don't have to fall. That's when you think it's safe to come to church. And then you know the people that have been in church all the time. They, they're so into being on the floor, they wear clothes to match the carpet. You know? <laughs> I guess what I'm just trying to tell you is every writer of the New Testament believed in the baptism of the Spirit and they spoke in tongues. Let me say that again. Every writer of the New Testament Baptized in the Holy Spirit, spoken tongues. Let me go further. Mary, the mother of Jesus, was in the upper room on the day of Pentecost. And so uh, here's the thing. Some people want to deify Mary. Mary's just a person like me. I, I, don't, I don't pray to Mary because Mary's not God. Jesus is God. And I don't need to, I don't need to buy, go through anyone. I can go just direct to him by the power of the Holy Spirit according to the word. But let me tell you, Mary was in the upper room on the day of Pentecost. Fire on her head. She spoke with tongues. She would have been drunk in the spirit. In other words, Mary, she was a spirit-filled Pentecostal Christian. Isn't it amazing to think about it like that? And you say, how do you know? It says it in the book of Acts chapter 1 that Mary was there. Mary was a charismatic Pentecostal. Isn't that awesome? That pumps me up. Bit of Maryology for you this morning. Number five. Number five, the baptism in the Holy Ghost. And this is an interesting point. I want to set it up and I'll be quick. The baptism in the Holy Ghost is for today and it's for today. I'm going to say that again. It's for today and it's for today. Look at your neighbor and say, it's for today, and it's for today. I want to explain what I mean, because the Bible tells, see some people, and Mitch, I'm happy that you stole my thunder, because you said it better than I was going to say it anyway. Some people think the gifts of God died with the apostles. And, 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 and they, they hang it on the scripture where it says, knowledge will cease. And, and, and when the perfect comes, he says, the gifts will be finished. Let me tell you, the perfect hasn't come. I have not yet heard the trumpet God. The dead in Christ still haven't risen. The rapture of the church hasn't happened. The perfect hasn't come. He came once, but that was written after he came the first time. So the perfect hasn't come. The perfect is Jesus. The perfect is not a church. It's not an institution. It's the King of kings and Lord of lords. And so he'll, till he comes, 
We got the fire of the Holy Ghost. We got the gifts of the Spirit. Now, let me, let me go just a, a fraction deeper with that for just a moment because people think, well, it happened in the book of Acts and it was a one-off thing to get the church started. Not true. It got the church started. In Acts chapter 2, the Holy Ghost was poured out. But a year later, in Acts chapter 8, Philip brings revival to Samaria. Peter and John pray for people. They get healed and delivered. In Acts chapter 10, in Acts chapter 9, rather, there's Saul's conversion. And he becomes Paul, baptized in the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 10, seven years later in Caesarea, the same thing happens. The Jews thought it was for them, but it was for the Gentiles as well. I love preaching this because, because some people just hear a little tidbit of, uh, of religious nonsense and they think the Spirit of God is not for today. The Spirit of God is very much for today. Well, bless God. And you, you could try and convince me otherwise, but I've been filled. So I know. I'm, I'm one of them now. I'm on the other side. I'm one of those spooky people now. 25 years later in Acts chapter 19, fell in Eph- the Spirit of God fell in Ephesus. Church in Ephesians was alive. Think about, think about the, the span of time that that was, that God was poured out. The Spirit of God's still being poured out today. So the Holy Spirit is for today, both in theory, but the Spirit of God is for today in your personal experience. And the reason I say that is because Paul says, don't be drunk with wine, Ephesians 5. Don't be drunk with wine wherein it is excess, but be filled with the Holy Ghost. That word filled doesn't mean filled. That word filled, filled means to be continuously being filled. Continuously being filled. Now, the reason I'm saying all of that today is, is because I think some people think, well, I've been filled with the Spirit. But here's the thing. It's one baptism, but it's many infillings. You need a fresh anointing today. Some of you, your Christian walk is dry and you, you think you've got it all, but you know, some of you just haven't surrendered and let the Holy Ghost touch you afresh. You know, Life Point Church is a Holy Ghost church. We believe in the power of God. And, and today I'm believing that God's going to touch you, continually being filled. And he goes on to sing, singing to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Well, that's awkward. I don't want to walk up to Pastor Keith this morning and Say, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Cool, da da ba 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 <laughs> But what I do want to say is, some of you, if, if we start singing the Spirit, do you know how to do that? You know what it is to sing a spiritual song unto the Lord, where you just, from your own, own heart, say, God, I worship you. God, I praise you. God, there's none like you. You see, the Spirit of God will unlock something in your praise, in your worship. And, and I'm done, and, and I'm done, and I'm done, and I'm done. I said this morning, I said, the title of my message was not, have you been filled with the Spirit? It's, are you filled with the Spirit? I'm going to close with this thought, and this is important. Number six, the baptism in the Holy Ghost is the gateway to rest. I want to show you scripture. I have to do this today. If you've got a Bible on your phone, if you've memorized it, whatever, I want, you to, I want you to listen to this scripture. Isaiah 28 verse 6, uh, verse, verse, sorry, verse 11 says this, and this is a prophetic word concerning the outpouring of the Spirit. Isaiah prophesies, he says, for with stammering lips, somebody say stammering lips, for with stammering lips and another tongue, he will speak to this people to whom he said, this is the rest with which you may cause the weary to rest and this is the refreshing. That word stammering lips, it was quoted in the book of Corinthians. They quoted it in context of being the baptism in the Spirit, speaking in tongues. And that word stammering literally means to appear like a buffoon, to appear in a way that you could be mocked. I don't know if there's anything that we get mocked for more than preaching this message on the baptism in the Spirit. But 
we'll take the mocking because we know the power that's behind this anointing. But he says this, he says, this is the rest and this is the refreshing. You want to rest in God, be filled with the Spirit. Because we go, 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 go. We do, 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 do. We go, go, go. But he says, this is the rest. And you know when Paul says, and I, I am actually finished my message, my, my, my strength. He says, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. You know that word strength is dunamis. My power, my anointing, my Holy Ghost power is most perfect when you're doing something for God, but you're doing it from a place of rest and refreshing. You know, sometimes I see people, and I'm going to get a little practical with this, just as we're about to do the altar call. You pray for people. And they're praying tongues. And, you know, they kind, of, they kind of get a bit strange. You know, they get a bit intense. It's like they shake their finger and pull frowny faces. And that to me doesn't reflect rest. And it doesn't reflect refreshing. And I'm not talking about times where there's intercession and whatever, but that's a different context. I'm talking about in your heavenly language. To me, tongues isn't something I have to frown to receive. Some people come from. It's just easy. He says, my yoke is easy. My burden's light. And being baptized in the Spirit is about the power of God working in your heart and in your life. And today, there's people in this room today that you need to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Can I, can I, I, want, I, want, I don't want you to be nervous. You know, because, because here's the thing. This is the family of God. This is a church. Our job today is to equip you for the work of the ministry. And if we don't make room for this from time to time, we're really not equipping our saints for the work of the ministry. We have to be filled with the Spirit. Jesus commanded it. He said, go and wait in Jerusalem, be filled. Jesus is commanding us to give. He's got a gift. I want, I want everything that God's got today. But today in this room, you may have never been baptized in the Holy Spirit. This is what we're going to do. Just sit with a minute. And there'll be numbers of you. We're going to get you down the front. We're going to pray for you here at the altar. And you say, oh, what does that mean? That means there's going to be probably a bunch of people down here. There's going to be people praying. No one's going to put you on the spot at all. I promise. And, uh, but what we're going to do, maybe Jay, if you want to come. And, uh, but what we're going to do is we're going to pray for people to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit and to receive their prayer language today. And I want everyone to stand. And I'm going to ask believers, if, if, you, if, if you're a part of this church and, and this is church, don't be in a hurry to leave this morning. Take time. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Spirit of God, we thank you for what you're doing in the house. You know, you might be here today and you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit. You've never received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. You've never prayed in tongues. Or maybe you have, but it's been a long time. You need a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. You know, speaking in tongues is not the end. It's simply the means. It's the means to the end, which is seeing people touch and change by the grace of God. But I just want everyone to close their eyes for a minute. If you say, Dave... I really, I really want to receive this. I haven't been praying in the Spirit. I, I want to I want to be filled with the Holy Ghost. I haven't, but I want to today. If that's you, would you slip up your hand? Just quickly. There's hands going up all over the room. This is awesome. Just wave your hand. There's hands going up all over this place. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. I'm gonna, we're going to sing this song right now. If that's you and you lifted your hand, there's hands going up all over this house. I'm going to ask you to just come, form a line, just stand next to each other, facing here. We're going to get some of our pastoral team to pray. Come on, let's just worship the Lord for one minute. Church, can we just worship and create an atmosphere of faith? I need your help. There's a sweet anointing. Just come, just come. If you lifted your hand, just come. Just come. Church, give me a big welcome and say, come, come on. Pastor Keith, would you just stand with some of these guys and help them? Just come. Come on, give God a praise in here today. Come. It's awesome. Just come. Just come. Just come.